Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Big shout out to Nobles Networking. Thank you, Chris, for all that you do for over, us uh, over here at the studio. Big man over at Williams Tire. Thank you for hooking up the Yoda. Hopefully, it won't be too big of a piece of shit. Uh, shout out to Red Circle Management Company for putting some change in my pocket with all these corporate ads and everything running for us. Uh, and thank you to all the corporate sponsors that you know give us a little bit of money. Uh, I ask y'all all the time for people to recommend people to me. All I know is country music artists. All I know is songwriters. And I tell people to recommend folks on TikTok and other social media platforms that would be good for the show. This guy came highly recommended. I checked out his stuff. Uh, this guy's got balls of steel, but he also is an advocate for uh, men's mental health and his mental health in, uh, in any way. And uh, I want to introduce y'all, if y'all don't already know the name, uh, here is Mr. James, the Lion Dad, a.k.a. Lion Dad, 87 on TikTok. Uh, James, how you doing today, brother? Doing good, man. You? I'm good. Uh, it's been a long day. It's, uh, we, had, uh, one of our, me. We, had, uh, we had one of our mental health meetings uh, a couple hours ago, and uh, then I had softball practice, and now I got this show with you. It's, it's, it's been a long day. But I'm excited. I've looked forward to this all day. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of shows that I just get jacked up for. And after looking at your stuff and can't wait to hear, you seem you seem kind of unique and weird like me. Just a little bit. So I, I'm fucking excited. I love unique, weird people. <laughs> They're my favorite. They're my absolute favorite in this world. So um, give the folks a little bit of a rundown and your social media handles real fast. So... Instagram and TikTok are the same. It's LionDad underscore 1987. You should be able to find my YouTube is linked to both of those as well. I haven't done a whole lot with YouTube. I'm getting there. The problem, the problem with the YouTube versus the TikTok and all that is TikTok does all the music and all that for me. I got to hear myself talk. <laughs> Whereas YouTube, I got to hear myself talk. YouTube, knock it off. Hey, I'll tell you a secret. Nobody likes the way they sound. I do oh, it for a that. living and I hate my voice. <laughs> I think it's just normal. Yeah. Uh, this is people don't like hearing themselves, man. So, so for people who don't know you, give them a little bit of uh -huh. rundown of who James is. So besides the animal aspect, well, animals are the huge aspect. That's the biggest side. Of it. But I've been with the company that I'm with currently. I've been with them for going on 15, almost 16 years. And I've worked with everything from little tiny lizards to 14-foot alligators, 500-pound tigers, cobras, mambas, rattlesnakes, tarantulas, a little bit of everything. Absolutely not. You, I, <laughs> I hate snakes, and I hate I hate anything that could eat my face off. Well, that that's ninety percent of the stuff I work with. Yeah, I'm good. I'm cool with those two German shepherds you got behind you that are beautiful. But but besides that, no, thank you. you bad is they're more likely to bite you than the wolves are most probably. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, those wolves are huge. Every time I see He's a your, big boy. Yeah, every time I see your page, I'm thinking Game of Thrones like the whole time. Uh, <laughs> Karma Marie. 
How did you, how did you get into it? So when, so I grew up and I was raised in Columbia, Missouri. And about the last year of high school to about a year after high school, I worked with special needs, teenagers and young adults from really, really low end spectrum autism to high spectrum autism. And I did that for about a year and a half. And I was 19 going on 20 at the time. So the amount of stress that puts on people as it is, I tell anybody, it's, it's a very rewarding job, but it's also a very stressful job because you want to help them so much. And then you get to the higher spectrum and it's, it's so hard sometimes. Well, I ended up getting into it with one of the managers and they sent me out to Branson, Missouri to help with one of the houses out there with some of the guys that I knew extremely well. Well, while I was out there, I went to a small zoo out in Branson and uh, spent six, five, six hours by myself out there. And I, I figured for shits and giggles, I get an application. Why not? I've always wanted to work with animals. Figure I'll throw a chance out to God, see what happens. And I called my mom. I go, I need your help filling this out. She helped me. I went back the next day, dropped it at the front counter, spent another four and a half hours at the facility, checking out the animals, talking to some of the staff, was stopped by the owners on the way out. And they go, you don't have a whole lot of experience. He goes, but I've never seen or had someone within two days go through twice, spend that much time and fill out an application. Most people, they fill out the application. They've never been through the facility. They just want a cool job so they can brag about it, working with animals. And it's gone through a couple of different companies, but I, a lot of the animals I've been with since day one. So there's animals that I've, I've been with for 15 years, like the alligators. I've been with those gators for 15 years, some of the snakes. Uh, and I've seen, well, the downside of working with animals is handful of times you're going to outlive those animals. So I've been with animals from pups all the way into the, they took their last breath. And it's hard, but I wouldn't change it for anything. You tougher than I am, bro. Not not just from the actually having to deal with the animal, but knowing that you're going to be around animals that long and a lot of them are going to pass. That would tear. Is I get more sentimental about animals dying sometimes than I do people. Oh, I'm the same way. Especially yeah. my dogs. My dogs are my world. Oh, yeah. I, I've, got, uh, I've got a basset ham. And I just lost my baby uh, back in October of last year. And uh, somebody, because I lost Gus, uh, they, they gave me another basset hound. And uh, I, keep, I keep my boy right here looking at me. And I'm telling you, I almost had a mental breakdown when, when he died. It's, it's rough. It's super rough. It's never easy. Uh, like I tell people all the time, don't get me wrong, getting over like losing people in your life and all that. It's mentally hard. Like, I'm lucky enough to still have my parents. And I tell anybody and everybody, a hard mental breakdown is when when the time comes that I lose my mom because I'm so close to my mom, it'll tear me up. And uh, yeah. 
it, it's it's not going to be easy because I'm super close to my mom. Don't get me wrong, close to my dad too, but my mom's one of my best friends. I can talk to that woman literally about anything, any time of the day. I need to call my mom. She's right there on the other end of the phone, and it's always been that way. Yeah, see, it's my granddad's. I'm 33, uh, and both my granddads are still around. Fuck. I don't even want to think. I don't even oh, want to think about it, dude. And I know I know my look. Uh, they'll both probably go at same year, same time, something like that, and it'll just – it'll fucking destroy me. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be easy. It never is. Um, But that – that toll those animals take on you because you're with them 24-7. They sleep in your bed. They're by your side no matter what. And it's you lose a piece of you. Do, do you think, because uh, you, you're probably, I'm going to call you an expert on this because you've got 15 years of training and everything in it. So everything I ask you is if I was talking to a zoologist, which I guess you kind of are. Um, I guess that would be the term. Is that the term for it? Yeah. Okay. Zookeeper, yeah. zoologist, animal well, caretaker. I was trying to fancy it up, make you sound good. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to put a little Dierte on it. Um, there you go. Do you think that these animals, regardless of species, because you're around them so much that, that they recognize you, they know you? Oh, 100%. 100%. Does it matter what Definitely. species? No. Um, it's funny because... Oh, what was it? Not yesterday. I was off yesterday, but I was still at work a day before. Today's what, Wednesday? So Monday. I was at work on Monday, and we had groups going through, and I guess the cats were just being lazy. And we've got little shortcuts that we can take to get to the areas a little bit faster. And the lady goes, we knew something was going on because I don't know if they heard you or they smelled you, but their ears perked up, and they're all looking around. And as I come around the corner, Thanos, our uh, big male lion, I guess, got up and walked all the way across the pen and laid down in front of the fence and just watched and waited, knowing right where I was going to walk out of. Are you ever ever scared of them? Is there any of them that you're particularly scared of? The bear. The bears? The bears. The bears more than anything else. Really? I wouldn't have guessed the bears. So the the thing with well I'll take lions and the lions and the wolves. Lions yeah. and wolves are pack animals. So they've got that they've got that bond. They've got that they have to rely on somebody else. And they they have to have that connection. Like um lions when they're by themselves, they don't do the best. Whereas tigers can be by themselves and they're like, eh, whatever. Same thing with bears. So bears and tigers are solitary. In the wild, they literally meet up with the opposite sex to reproduce. And then when the deed is done, the female's pregnant, they go their separate ways, and the male has nothing to do after that. That's the same purpose. (laughs) That's how I am. (laughs) Sole purpose, get the girl pregnant, just walk away. I I hope that they don't end up uh, impregnated, but yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Besides that, we try to leave that part out of it. The same thing. Same. Yeah. Besides that, same thing. But yeah, whereas the wolves and lions, they they bind a little bit deeper. Now, I've got friends that work with big cats, and 
they're on TikTok too, and they prefer working with tigers versus working with the lions. And I prefer the wolves over working with the big cats, even though my name happens to be Lion Dad. And that, so the whole social media, uh, Instagram, I've been on Instagram since 2011, 2012, yep. something like that. And had a thousand followers for God knows how long. And then out of nowhere, Instagram just blew up. And I think I'm at 85.6 right now. But TikTok started as a joke about three or four years ago. My nephew showed it to me. And he's all, I bet you could do this. You've got the animals. I go, sure. Why not? Dude, that's cool. Um, I've got to ask this question. Go for it. Have you ever seen any, like, the Tiger King shit? Because I know once that came out, when that came out, there's a lot of little zoos and stuff that went under fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, and we, we didn't really go under fire, under fire. Funny thing is, it actually increased business a little bit. I figured it would. I never really watched the show, only because I've got friends that, no Joe and no Carol. So I know no how crazy shit. Those people, so I know how crazy those people. I've heard the stories. I know how crazy both sides are. And I had so much better things to do than, than sit down in front of Netflix and watch a, a train wreck. That's all it was. And it that's what I hear. What it but what, uh it was bad. <laughs> that's what I hear. So what it did is it increased our uh the foot traffic in the facility because everyone goes, oh, roadside zoo, so it must be like Joe Exotic. No, during COVID, a lot of us gave up our pay to make just just so we were sure those animals were taken care of and nothing was going to go awry. We really got nervous there for a little bit because uh, chicken became a little short. And that's one of our main food sources for those for the big cats and the wolves is they go through a lot of chicken, meaning 115 to 120 pounds of meat every day that I feed everybody. Oh, shit. Yeah, so chicken shortage isn't good for us. What, what would you do uh, with the chicken shortage? Like, What would you supplement for chicken? So we do, we do a lot of beef. And then uh, the, during deer season, I've got a lot of buddies that deer hunt. And we get a lot of their carcasses and their scrap because in the long run, it's a whole lot better for that carcass or that scrap to come to me than it is for it to sit in some dump or in the middle of the woods, not being touched. Yeah. Cause the cats will eat it. The wolves will eat it. So we end up throwing a lot of that in a freezer because even the wolves after about a week of deer meat, they're done with deer meat. They want something else. How gnarly is it to watch them tear up a carcass? I've got videos on TikTok. Oh my God, I'm gonna look. I'm I surprised they. I'm su- I'm surprised they stayed up. I've got one on there of Thanos, the male lion, flinging around in a like house cat playing with a deer leg. Man, and it's the funniest thing in the world. Um, we get farmers every now and then that donate like full size chickens, like feathers all. Which, of course, we take care of that. We don't give them live just because 
not only so they have the natural ability to hunt, kill, all that, just because they're in captivity doesn't mean they don't know how to kill something. But they're cats. Yeah. They like to play with their food. <laughs> and I don't need a bird being tortured because of that. So a lot 99% of the time we kill them ourselves and then we give it to them and they get the feathers, they get all that good stuff. And watching them when they got a full-size chicken for the first time, they just kind of stare at it like, um, what's this? Why's it got feathers? I remember the first time giving our wolf puppies a full-size turkey. My buddy shot a turkey and took the breast and they just stared at it. They were afraid of it. They stayed in the opposite side of the pen and the dead turkey just laid over by the fence. They wouldn't touch it. They wouldn't go near it. I tried throwing it toward them and they'd scatter and they'd run away. It's like, kids, there, there's meat inside of this thing. Had to literally show them how to tear it up. Like when I started tearing it up with like my hands and showing them, they go, oh, it's food. And then they took off with it and ate it. So they Dude. still have to be taught. That's insane. I'm still, I'm still thinking about how the animals recognize you because I, I just wouldn't figure like a snake or an alligator would realize it was you. I guess because I don't know much about them. I, mean, I don't know about reptile-wise, but the mammals definitely do. Yeah. The mammals, these big cats and the wolves are so much more intelligent than people give them credit for. Because a lot of people tend to forget that our household dogs – their ancestors are wolves. Yeah. And we all know how smart German shepherds are. Absolutely. Got to get it from somewhere. Uh, a lot of people have the misconception of zoos because of stupid ass things like Tiger King. And then uh, what's the one that they did on the whales? Um, uh, blackfish. Blackfish. Explain to people how your where you work is nothing like that, and most of those places that are like that are usually usually shut down or it's just blown. Oh out yeah, of proportion. they they don't last very long. So a lot of our animals, some of our animals are rescues. Some of them we've had since baby babies. Some like we've got a couple of our alligators and even some of our uh, rattlesnakes. People get them as pets, and they realize they're not good pets or there's more work than they were thought it was going to be. We've got a little Fox that someone had as a pet and don't get me wrong. Foxes make, they're a blast. They're hilarious. But for the average Joe blow, they don't make good pets. So uh, some of our animals come from that. Some of them come from facilities that were shut down by the city and it's either a facility like ours steps up and takes these animals or they're euthanized. So given it. Oh no. Um, so trying to think there is a facility that ended up getting closed down. We ended up getting a lot of reptiles from, them. and unfortunately a lot of those reptiles were illegally grabbed out of the wild and put on display. Damn. And unfortunately, a lot of those snakes, because they're native or whatever, they end up getting euthanized because once they're in captivity for so long, they can't be just chucked any aware back out in the wild. And that is the darker side of dealing with the animals. 
I would understand with like a lion, a wolf or something, them not maybe not being able to go back into captivity. But I, I really don't understand the snake part. Why, why wouldn't a snake be able to adjust? Um, they say the same thing about turtles. So they say like if you pick up a box turtle on the side of the road and you take it home, it'll GPS itself. Eventually, it'll get all the way back to that same spot you took it from. Or it'll try to. Um, and don't get me wrong. I see turtles in the middle of the road. I'm the guy that stops, goes and grabs a turtle, and takes it to the side of the road it's headed on and makes sure it gets in the ditch. And then I go about my business. I've yeah. never been one. Unless I absolutely can't, I always stop for turtles. I'm my, that guy. You, you, would be my, you would be my daughter's hero. <laughs> stop every chance I get. My, my, but, daughter, uh, my daughter makes me. <laughs> it doesn't matter where we're at we could be on the interstate and that poor baby sees a turtle we're stopping i'm dodging trans uh dodging 18 wheelers she don't give a shit yeah. about me but that turtle <laughs> that turtle can't be there <laughs> but uh as far as like so don't get me wrong your bigger zoos they do like the aza zoos like the st louis zoo st louis zoo is about an hour and 10 hour and 15 minutes away from me amazing facility and they were voted i think last year and the year before one of the best zoos in the united states an amazing facility but the difference between their zoo and our zoo is you can go there seven days in a row and maybe see the tigers two or three times whereas at our facility you're you're six feet away from those cats that's cool you see them every single time now, the biggest thing is a lot of people, they'll label the small zoos as we're in it for the money. We don't care about the animals. We're just, we're using the animals as entertainment for a paycheck. So come last Friday here in Missouri, where I'm at with heat index, it was 110 degrees outside. It was horrible. Most of my day, was spent rotating sprinklers between the wolves and the big cats. It was hot enough. Our lions that don't like water, they hate being sprayed with water, were laying underneath the sprinklers. <laughs> but that's what we spent a lot of our day doing was watering the animals. And then we waited until about 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night when it cooled off before we fed the animals just so they wouldn't get sick. And like I said earlier, during COVID, a lot of us, we, uh, we quit taking pay just to make sure funds would be there to take care of the animals. And we had staff voluntarily go on leave and take layoff just so the animals could get taken care of. See, I At that point in time, there was only three of us taking care of everybody. So I was at work almost seven days a week, no matter what. See, I would think that it's reverse what most people think. I would think at the smaller zoos that animals are took better care of because you're probably more personal. It's more of a relationship oh, with those animals. Like I, I would think that maybe at the bigger ones that some of them not necessarily get neglected, but if you have a smaller staff, the staff knows the animals better. I would figure that the whole environment is better. Well, it's like, um, so... And like I, 
like I said earlier, I don't knock bigger zoos. I absolutely love them. If I travel, one of the first things I do is I look up the local zoo and I look up the local aquarium. I'm an animal person. I want to go see the animals. But so AZA isn't big on people hands and hands on working with the animals like I do with the wolves. Whereas the difference with me is so Nikato, the big black wolf that I do a lot of my videos with, I bottle raised those guys from four days old. I was there right outside the den when mom pushed them out. Day three, mom acted weird like she didn't want them. Day four, we were positive and I had to pull them and then we bottle raised them from there on out. They're now eight years old. I've been with them for eight years. Blood, sweat, and tears went into raising those pups. Have you ever... And, uh, now you go what? ahead. Finish, finish your thought. Go ahead. So with... Now, don't get me wrong. AZA zoos, if the bigger zoos, if it comes down to it, they do everything they need to do and have to do to make sure those animals have the necessities and the absolute best life. But I don't... Me, personally, I don't think they're as close with the animals as we are like i have friends that work at like the san francisco zoo and all of that and they are really close with the animals they can work with but they don't deal with the big predators like smaller facilities like ours do have you ever have you ever had any of these animals attack you in any kind of way I wouldn't say attack, but I've got scars on top of scars, and I've got stories. <laughs> um, what's 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 one or two of your uh, your your worst the absolute experience? worst? Yeah, what's one or two of your absolute worst ones? The absolute worst was about oh, it's probably been nine years, maybe ten years. Yeah, it's been a while. I was working with hyenas, which by far is still one of my favorite animals I've ever worked with. If I ever get another chance, I will work with hyenas again. But I went to leave the enclosure because I got in with the hyenas. I, I went to leave the enclosure. The male went between my legs, grabbed one of my baseball caps, and I chased him down, and I took the baseball cap away from him. I shouldn't have done that. I should have just let him have the baseball cap. And uh, he ended up biting my arm. And when he bit, he grabbed the muscle and it locked my arm. So it like locked inwards. And I lost use of my arm and my hand there for about a week. Damn. But the next day, the next day I had my arm wrapped up and I was right back in the pen wrestling and playing with him. Like You're nothing tough. ever happened. So, he, so you, you pretty much would have figured – I guess with your mindset with it, that it was an accident. He thought he was playing. Oh, it was completely my fault. Yeah. It was all my fault. And 90% of the time when people are getting hurt by these big animals, like the lions, the tigers, like you see on, on Tiger King, the, the person that got their arm all torn up. Or um, Oklahoma has had a couple problems with uh, handlers losing their arms and stuff to these big cats. And it's because the person's doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Dude. It, it happens. I tell anybody and everybody, you work with animals, and especially little kids and teenagers that come through the zoo and they go, oh, my God, I want to do this when I get older. Keep at it. 
99% of the time you're going to hear no, but when you finally hear that one, yes, it makes all that no completely worth it. But I forewarn them. I don't care if it's a house cat or a 500 pound tiger, you're going to get bit scratched and you're going to bleed. It's just with the bigger animals. It's a matter of if you walk away or not. That is, I would have not figured hyenas would have been the worst. I, I was waiting for you to say that one of these lions or wolves uh, went too far one time. I was not expecting hyena. Not yet. Um, Do you expect which, it to happen? No. It's okay. always, every now and then it's in the back of your mind, which you, working with five, 600 pound cats, you've got to realize it takes a split second for something to go extremely wrong, extremely fast. Uh, there is a video on YouTube, and it was on Snapchat, of a facility. A company came out called Beastly. Beastly Buddies or something like that. They're on YouTube, and they're on Beastly TV on YouTube, and the Beastly Buddies on Snapchat stories. They came out. You big private. They came out and did a story on me and the big cats, and I was in with the lions and Thanos, the big male jumped up and knocked me into a tree and uh i thumped him on his nose and i locked him up in the shift he sat in timeout, and i went right back in with the female and finished shooting with the female i bet when one of those cats bump into you whether they're playing or it's just accident i bet it's like a damn train hitting you oh it is even at, so uh i don't go in with the I haven't been in with any of the big cats in almost a year. And that's mostly you too. It's mostly because you've got to have respect for those animals. Yeah. And you, me as an individual, you've got to know your comfortability and you've got to know my extent, like how far I'm willing to take it. And I'm not afraid they're going to eat me, but Thanos is 300, 350 pounds at three years old. He's still a kitten. So the tigers, I quit going in with the tigers when they were a year and a half. And at a year and a half, they were almost 200 pound cats. And that's more of me personal preference than anybody because you can look up uh, like Cody Yontel on TikTok and on Instagram and he's still walking around with five, six hundred pound lions and ligers and everything else. Which of course I'm jealous because he's still doing it. But there's no there's no reason, no matter the fame for the views, for the likes, of putting myself or most important that animal's health at risk for Facebook, Instagram, or a cool video. You're a gangster. I, I, I did. I get what you're saying. It, like you know that if you're in there, and I would almost think like a big cat is going to see you just as much as an alpha as it sees himself as an alpha. And I would imagine that alphas butt heads, especially in that world. Oh so, yeah, but I you, butt heads with Nikato all the time. That's the wolf, right? Yeah, that's the wolf, and there's. Yeah. There's a hand. I've got one video that 
Oh, it's probably shared two or three times on Instagram every day. And I think last time I checked, it was 30, 30 or 40 million some odd views on TikTok. Dude. And he looks like he's going to completely rip my face off. He is growling, snarling, and he's just being vocal and he's playing. And it's all because I was touching his feet. So if you were to let, let's say, like the guy you was just talking about still walking around with 500-pound cats, if you're in that pen and one of those cats attack, is like the rest of the staff trained to put that cat down to save your life? No, so what 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 happens is normally we carry uh when I was going in with the big cats, I don't carry it when I'm with the wolves. But we have uh hot shots. Okay. We use them on cattle. It's literally a nine volt battery. But it's enough. They don't like the noise of it. And if you get them right on their nose, they tend not to like that either. But all of our big cats, so once the big cats got to a certain size and I was still going in with them, in order for me to go in the pen, I had to have backup standing right there on the outside of the pen just in case something bad did happen. And then we've got uh, fire extinguishers that are full of, it's just CO2. It blows smoke, makes a lot of noise, makes scares the ever-living daylights out of those cats. And even when the cats are fighting amongst each other over, say, food, it takes one of those blasts and those cats go their opposite direction. They, they scatter. That's insane. A hot shot will make them run. I mean, we, I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah, that, I just wouldn't figure they would give a shit about it. You wouldn't The bear doesn't. I wouldn't, imagine, I wouldn't figure the bear would give a shit about anything. He doesn't. There's not too much that bear's afraid of. How, how big's the bear? He's three? No, I think he's four years old. So he's six, six, two, six, oh. three on his hind legs. And which would put him about probably 275, 300 pounds. He's a big boy. A just killer. Oh, yeah. Just a big old monster. But when you're feeding him, like we feed him through the fence, you can sit there and hand him strawberry after strawberry or grape after grape. And he just whines and moans and gently takes his food. But the problem with those bears is they snap with no freaking warning. Like the wolves, the wolf, the wolves are growling bear teeth. The big cats, they get hissy. Their ears go back. The bear, those ginormous canines of theirs. And you get a warning. Those bears, I've seen them snap. No warning whatsoever. And just get angry. And you'll never know what you did. Bipolar bears. Yogi bear. Oh, yeah. Bipolar. Literally. God, that's insane. So, I guess the one that you've got the best connection with, though, is your wolves, though, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Way closer with the wolves than I am the big cats. You talk like them like they're your kids. I dig it. They are my kids. Even that's my kid. I just haven't bought raised those shepherds from itty-bitty babies. All of the wolves that we have on site besides uh, Istos and Aquila are Arctic and our Tundra. But the, the one Arctic Tundra pup that's a year old and then the seven British Columbian wolves. I was there when they were born. I watched mom push them out. I watched her lick the afterbirth and clean them up. I was there with it with uh, 
Ezekiel, Zeke, the youngest pup, I was there every time his mom fed him for the first two weeks of his life. And then I bottle raised him from 16 days old. What's the, so life, are kids. What's the life expectancy for a wolf compared to like a dog, or is it the same? About the same, 12 to 15 years. I've seen them live longer than that, but average is about 12 to 15. So that of a large dog. Oh, man. Dude, uh, how have y'all got with your following on Insta, or on, uh, especially on Instagram and TikTok, has a lot of people started coming to the zoo because of your following? A handful so far that I know of personally because they messaged me on Instagram. Hey, are you going to work this day? Because we're driving out to see the animals and see you. We want to make sure you're there before we make this long trip. And I go, how long of a trip? And they drove from Wisconsin all the way to Missouri just to see the wolves and say hi. That's and cool. every now and then, every now and then you'll get people that uh, we follow you on TikTok. You're so cool. I go, I'm just a normal dude with a really cool job. I go, I'm nothing special. If you see me in public, say hi. I'll sit there and talk your ear off all day about animals. I don't care. Uh, we've had some local people. We went to the movies a while, oh, about a month or two ago. We went out to the movie theaters. And some girl goes, "You?" she's just staring. And we're not like up at the counter yet. And she's just giving me weird looks. And my buddy goes, dude, she's staring at you. And I go, yeah, I noticed that. I go, it's kind of weird. He goes, I bet you she recognized you from TikTok. I go, oh, <laughs> probably. And we get all the way up and she goes, this is going to sound really weird. I go, all right. She goes, are you that guy from TikTok? And I go, yeah. She goes, that's so cool. We love seeing those videos with the wolves. Yeah, well, when you've got 4.2 million followers <laughs> and 56 million likes and you live in Missouri, <laughs> it yeah, get, get ready to get recognized. I mean, you got a damn blue check mark, my guy. You're doing something, right? Something like that. Dude, that's cool. I just uh, – of all the people that, like, you meet with this stuff, but whether it's a, a songwriter, a musician, or just somebody big on social media – you're very down to earth. You're, you're more down to earth than the majority of people. And it's just like, it's, it's very, it's a, uh, I like it. I like that. You're just like, you know, Cause yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I was yeah. that person. Even these, uh, bigger creators like, uh, Mr. Beast or, uh, what's her name? Uh, Bella, whatever. That's got 40 or 50 some odd million followers. Yeah. They started off at the bottom. Like we did. And I'm one of those people that I realize without the followers and without people watching my videos, I'd be just another guy. And yeah, I am just another I guy. To say, you don't care. I, I would yeah. almost think that if TikTok went away tomorrow, you're still happy working with your animals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why you're And uh, with, with the whole mental thing, I made that one video and then – I still got on the app and I'd read comments and all that, but I didn't post for a little bit. And I had people reach out. You still good? Yeah, I'm just, I'm going through some stuff and I just need a little break. And 
you get these big creators like, well, Scott D. Henry, JT, and all those guys. And it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot of stress. And I don't like stress as it is. <laughs> and I don't deal with it the best. Hell I'm one no. of those guys. I'm one of those guys. I tend to just kind of take everything and just mush it like a trash king. I'm guessing so, 80, I'm guessing 87 in your name is the year you was born. Yeah. What what month are you? February. Okay, I'm September. I was going to say you are hitting nail on the head with oh, yeah. uh, it with the same thing as me. I was like, this guy's a Virgo. Oh yeah, it's uh, I, I just I tend to shove everything down, and unfortunately, it bursts. And it when it bursts, it, it it gets hard. And when I was going through that hard time, it was, I went through a decent, I went through a mutual breakup and we're still really good friends. I still go out to her house. We hang out. I love on her dogs. I see her. I talk to her all the time. It was a mutual thing. Just future wasn't what it was supposed to be for either one of us at this time. But on top of that, my truck, I had just been six grand to put a new engine in my truck. Well, newer engine. I bought a used engine and the truck ran for three weeks and left me stranded two hours from home. And I just gotten a title loan to get that truck fixed after the truck's already been paid off and sat for a year. I go, yeah, no problem. I I don't want to get rid of the truck. I like my truck too much. I already put too much money in it to get it looking the way I wanted. Why not? Drove it for three weeks and it dropped a rod. And I was having problems at work. And it wasn't problems per se. I was losing the drive. I was just getting to the point where I didn't really want to do anything. It was to the point I could lay in bed all day and I'd be completely fine with it. And I had people reach out and like I say, mental health is, it's not looked at as much as it should be. But before I tried preaching and telling people to get help, I had to be the man and get help myself before I could help others. And I'm in the process of doing that. And it's helped. And as much as you sit there and say you don't want to talk about it, the best thing to do is talk about it. You are my boy. Like, I, I, I kid you not. Um, going through the same thing as we speak right now. And I had some stuff that recently happened. Uh, some stuff went very toxic for me. I tried to fight through it and push through it, and it, I finally imploded. And when I imploded, I was like, fuck this show fuck the people like I, I can't do this and i'm a survivor of a of suicide we teach these meetings on wednesdays that helps people who have mental health issues uh, we call it our still writing sessions because we're still telling our tour our story and uh, mm-hmm. I, I just went through it and I, i'll tell you what you just said is so important for people to know is a lot of people are ashamed to talk about mental health. But as soon as you start opening up and talking about it, one, you find out you're not alone. Two, you start building a support system. And three, you get this pain that you're harboring off your chest. And it's like a fucking weight is lifted off of you. 
It's so important. Yeah. And the biggest thing is, and it was one of those things I fought left and right. So when oh, I've been diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, bipolar, all that fun stuff. But uh, and all the way up until graduation, I was on pills, drugged up left and right. And because of the medication I was on, I didn't break 100 pounds until two years after graduation. Whoa, and, how tall are you? Huh? How tall are you? I'm 5'8". Okay. Oh, my God. You was 100 pounds? Not even. When Holy I graduated shit. high school, which I was probably 5'5", five, 5'6", five, 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 when I graduated high school. I haven't grown a whole lot. I'm a little dude. I'm not. But, I'm uh, 5'10 on a good day if my back ain't hurting. <laughs> but uh, I was 98 pounds when I graduated high school in 2006. Holy shit. Like I was – I even played football. I played football in high school and I was 90 pounds. And they they had my ass as a safety. I was a strong safety at 98 pounds. You must have went to which, a little ass high school. <laughs> yeah, something like that. A boys, boys home because I was a, I was a horrible teenager. I was hey, a me heathen. too. Me too, brother. <laughs> me too. But uh, I didn't play that entire football season because I shredded my ACL. When I went and got surgery, I had 1.5% of my ACL still intact. Destroyed it. Doctor goes, I don't know how you're walking, let alone playing football. He goes, the amount of scarring that is on this, he goes, this thing has been torn for a while. He goes, so we knocked you out for an extra three hours and rebuilt your ACL. Have fun for the next month. Shit. Man, you uh, you are doing something that I, when I counsel these people, um, that I tell them, you got to find what makes you happy in this life. And it, it seems like with you, you have like this, you have this light around you that even if like how you said you worked for furry at one point in time, just to be there with the animals, I feel like the animals have helped your mental health a whole hell of a lot. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Especially. So with where I'm living, I technically live on site and I pay rent to live on site. I can walk a mile and a half that way behind me and I'm at the front door of my work it takes me four or five minutes to walk to work and uh there's been times that I actually lived right on site I could walk out my back door and there's the animals and there's been nights when like I have my dogs but before I had the shepherds I had dogs that they just it was a bird dog he did whatever he wanted he was old he wasn't much of a cuddler and didn't want to sit there and be held <laughs> But with the wolves, it's, it's really weird. Like on those days that I'm really down on myself or feeling like crap or shit, however you want to put it, I can go in and sit there and they pick up on that. Hell yeah, um, they do. That, that day that it was really hard on me, I went and sat in with Nick on Waffles, the two wolves I'm always with. And it was dark outside. Like we have little security lights just so we can check on the animals out at night. And he just laid next to me and he just laid there. He didn't growl. He didn't do nothing. He just laid there and I sat there and loved on him. And 
animals are absolutely one of my biggest anchors. I tell everybody if it, if it wasn't for the animals, like I've never gone through the whole, thankfully, I've never got to a point in my life where I've been suicidal or thought this is the only way to fix all this. And probably part of the reason is I've always had animals and I've been lucky enough to have a support team being my mom, my friends, my family, always there when I needed somebody. I've been lucky that if it's two, three o'clock in the morning, I have somebody I can call and talk to. But having those animals there is completely different. It's unconditional love. They don't judge. That's so important, dude. And we don't deserve animals. We damn sure don't deserve dogs, but it sounds like wolves are just the same way as dogs. Uh Uh-huh. We don't 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 deserve them. Uh, Well, um... Have you received any hate from like animal groups or anything? Like, do you catch that shit online or? Oh yeah. Do you catch it all the time? We get people and what's funny is I then use their comments to make a video and then they end up getting blasted and the video goes a little viral. Uh, There's been a couple of times I've done that and then you go back and they've deleted their account or something like that. And it's like, what you think was going to happen? I'm not the person that's going to sit there and take it. Uh, the video that's getting a lot of scrutiny is what we'll call it. Is um, so you remember on TikTok the vegan teacher? Uh, it seems like someone showed me that before. Crazy woman. But uh, anyways, her daughter, daughter's boyfriend, something like that, made a video about real men. Real men don't eat meat. Real men are vegans and care about the animals, blah, 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 blah. So as a funny, funny, I went to the store and I bought ground round steak. Well, ground round steak, you can eat it when it's raw without cooking it and not have to worry about getting sick or anything like that. So I let the, I stitched that video on TikTok. And uh, he did his whole spiel. And then I said the whole, I go, no, real men eat meat and share it with the animals they stand with. And I took a big old bite out of this big old chunk of round steak, and then I handed it to one of the wolves. And, yeah, it's it's caught a lot of backlash because wow. a lot of people are saying, I can't stand for animals and be for animals and eat meat at the same time. That's that so I have stupid. to be a vegan in order to stand with animals. I can't be for the protection of wolves and be okay with cows and pigs being slaughtered to be made into food those people are dumbasses oh yeah i can uh, yeah i have I never i've never had to argue with a vegan before because if you look at me when you weighed 190 pounds when you grad or when you weighed 90 pounds you graduated my ass weighed 195 pounds when i graduated <laughs> I've, never, I've never looked like i didn't like meat and uh, <laughs> let me tell you, I think they're dumbasses. I think that they've never tried the right thing. And oh yeah, what what's crazy is your wolves. If and I feel like this is them psychologically. I'm obviously not a fucking animal doctor, so I don't. I'm not Doctor <laughs> Doolittle or anything. But I would think if you if that animal was gonna die, like how the Lion King had what is it, the circle of whatever circle uh-huh. of life. I think that animal would be cool if you ate it. 
I don't, th- I don't think that animal will give two shits in this world if you ate it to survive, if it was already dead, of course. But, I mean, yeah. I can't go out and just kill my own damn cows and chickens, and I like nuggets and burgers, so it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yep. And then, oh, it's this November will mark a year since everything started. So one of the other reasons I went, like, viral, so to speak, is – and if I could help more people get through it, I would. So all my life, I've had teeth problems left and right. They fell apart. They were just weak. They were crap. I had one snot-nosed little kid. They had to be a kid, maybe 12, 13 years old. One of those, quit your whining. I'm right here. <laughs> one of those, <laughs> he's so needy. See? Needy. Do knock it off. I am busy. I will love on you in a second. Go lay down. Please and thank you. Crowley. Go. I'm talking. He's got the coolest looking, prettiest German Shepherds, too, by the way. That's, that, <laughs> but, uh, y'all can't anyways, see them, but that's what I'm watching him do. <laughs> so these uh this little this kid, teenager, whatever it was, was made a made a comment. It was something like Instead of something to do with the animals, why don't you invest in a toothbrush or something like that? Was running his mouth about my teeth. Well, I made a stitch video. One of the best things TikTok has ever done is that video response to comments. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So I made a video response and I was like, listen, I go, you sit there, make fun of my teeth all you want. I go, for one, I'm not super rich. I ain't got the money to take care of it. And I go, two, I've dealt with it my whole life. I don't care. Say what you want. It is what it is. Well, one of my followers go, hey, why don't you set up a GoFundMe and we'll take care of it. And I made a video stitch. I go, you guys don't need to do that. I go, I'm fine how I am. They don't hurt. I can still eat steak. I can still eat whatever I want. It is what it is. No, we want to do this. I go, fine. Why not? Uh, one of the guys that I follow, he wrote up the whole GoFundMe and I started it. Within three days, they raised almost $7,000 to get dude. my teeth fixed. And I did. Uh, about three weeks before Thanksgiving of last year, I had the last 25 teeth in my mouth, ma- 23, 24, something like that. I had all my teeth yanked out all at once. Oh. So for two weeks up until Thanksgiving, I had no teeth whatsoever and I ended up getting dentures and I have dentures now. Like my teeth, they literally snap in at night. I snap them out, clean them, snap them back in in the morning before I go to work. And if it hadn't been for that online bully running their mouth, I wouldn't have the teeth I do now. So sometimes it pans out. Sometimes it don't. It shows them. I have a theory about all these stupid online bullies and regardless of your teeth situation, that person is probably 10 times as miserable as you've ever been. Oh, in your yeah. life. Just to have to go on to somebody else's page and pick on them about something. They don't know why uh, they're probably a kid and they're probably stupid and, or they're just some uppity kid who's had everything handed to them or a person that, that sees you doing well and they want to, uh, they don't understand why they're not doing well. So they want them. you down on their levels. Yeah. That's what I don't 
I just I'm not a fan of that stuff. I I've even done where like the clap back videos are like how what you talking about the when you can take a comment and you can address it or whatever through a video. I've just decided not to do that. Like I'm all about people being positive and putting positivity out into the world. If you're so miserable that you have to take time out of your day to come comment on my stuff, then the best thing I can do is pray for you because it, it is, there's something wrong there. It, there. There's something wrong. And uh, that, that's, what, uh, that's what drew me to you though. As soon as I started seeing the animals were cool, but the mental health awareness that you were talking about on your page, that's when I was like, I want to have this guy really on the show. Cause that, that means so much more. And it is a topic that is so taboo with so many people and it doesn't need to be. Yeah. There's another big TikToker. What is his name? Well, he's not super big, but he ended up reaching out and he goes, Hey, what's your PO box? He goes, I want to send you some stuff. Oh, what's his name? His uh, TikTok is, Oh, I'll send it to you in a link. But at the very top of this page, it says men's health and motivation. That's and that's cool. his big thing is he's all about mental health and mental well-being of a man and pushing that, trying to kill the stigma, destigmatize men's mental health. Well, the, the more of us that talk about it, from the littlest person on social media to the biggest person on social media, it, it's really about the complete battle. It's, it's about everybody taking the stigma away and us putting into men, especially men's heads, that we, even though, like, you were raised up there, I was raised down here. In the South, you're taught you're not supposed to cry. You're not supposed to be soft. The same way mostly everywhere. But yeah. you, you we're not that way. We're, we're not that. I'm a, I'm a big old softy. Oh, I'm, te- I'm a teddy bear. You put Marley bro. and me on TV. You put Marley and me Fuck on. Fuck you! I'm Why would you like bring that up? Don't even bring Marley. Falling like up. a baby. Same. I know. Falling like a baby. Fuck. Same. Uh, homeward Bound. When Chance or whatever his name. Yeah. They made it look like he wasn't gonna make it. Falled like a baby. This is how bad I am. The new Jurassic Park that came out like two or three years ago, when the long neck dinosaur yes. is getting burnt. Right before, he, like they're curious-eyed. I'm, I'm crying. Oh, yeah. a dinosaur. <laughs> what is wrong with me? These things have been extinct for a million years, and I'm fucking crying over a fake one on TV. God, I, I can't help it. There's something about animals and oh, yeah. uh, and just the and just the innocence that surrounds an animal. It, it's just so you can't explain it. Oh, it's like uh, when I made that video about uh. I'm taking a break, yada, yada, yada. I was sitting there reading comments and bawling like a baby. Complete strangers sending me messages, asking how well I was doing, making sure I was okay, telling me, no matter what you're going on in your life, it's not worth it. You've got to think of the animals, yada, yada, yada. 34-year-old man sitting, crying over some comment on social media. Same. I, I mean, it's the same. Every time I share a little bit of my story or my faith, I'm a, I'm a Christian that's not a very good one. And I know people get tired of hearing that, but I believe in what I believe in. And every once in a while, I'll post something that how I see religion, 
how I see like our battles and everything, because I think it goes hand in hand with mental health. Uh, mental health people uh, that have an issue with it, we want something bigger to grasp onto and something that we know that's going to protect us. And I feel like that's God uh, and everything. Like I, that's my that's my security blanket is God and my Savior. And you know, every time I post that, the stuff that people leave in the comment section, it makes every bad moment on social media absolutely worth it. I mean, it, it does. And I, I can only imagine, like, opening up the way that you have and talking about some of the stuff that you did. First off, tell people how good it was for you. And me and you didn't discuss this beforehand, but I can look at you and I know. How good was that break that you took? Oh, it was amazing. Completely worth it. Even yeah. I still had, there is a lot of making posts I probably shouldn't have made on my personal Facebook page that I turned around and deleted right after I read them. And of course it was too late and it caused further problems that I had to then deal with again. But just Taking a break every now and then, it's needed. You have to. You have to. You have to detach every now and then. It's, people don't realize this is my full-time job. My podcast, my studio, all that stuff, that is my full-time job. You work a full-time job, but social media outside of that is a full-time job. When you, oh, yeah. when you feel like you're never not working – and then you start having to take into consideration that these people really care about me. I've got to do something good today. And you quit thinking about how, okay, I don't want to do anything today. You start forcing yourself to do other things for other people. And it is so, it's so exhausting. Oh yeah. And I've always been that person that I'm not the best person at saying no when somebody asks, like if, if I have the time and day to drive three or four hours for someone that has asked for help, I'll drive that three or four hours. No matter the the mental or physical drain it puts on me. And uh, one of the biggest problems, even now, that I still face is I run day to day on about five hours of sleep. If I'm lucky, I get five hours of sleep. And you don't realize how much or how unhealthy not getting enough sleep is until you don't get that sleep. Uh, yeah, I was supposed <laughs> to, I was supposed to this morning. There's a group that just did my show last week. They're called F3. It's a nationwide organization, but they're called uh, F3 stands for faith fellowship and fitness. They do like these military style workouts at 5.15 in the morning. I, pro I promised them that my fat ass would get up on Wednesday <laughs> and I would go do it. Well, I got very exhausted last night with social media, like uh -huh. to, the, to the point to where I got aggravated with some people in the live uh, and some other things. And mentally, I went home. And I sat on a couch and couldn't sleep. I couldn't turn it off. I could not turn my brain off. Took a little bit of NyQuil so I could knock my ass out and message the guys from F3 at like 2 o'clock this morning. And I was like, hey, I'll catch you Saturday or Friday. There's no way that I'm going to be there. I, I just couldn't. 
but I did it to myself and I realized yeah. that I did it to myself. So the first thing I did today when I start talking to people on social media is reminding them that it's okay to take a break. It's okay to walk away. It's okay just to put everything down and to reset yourself and you be okay mentally and, and then go from there. And if people don't understand it, then they don't need to be following us anyway. Exactly. Well, and that's uh, what I figured is even if I do take a big break, the ones that matter and actually do care, they'll, they'll still be there when I get back. Yeah, I don't know, dude. And if there, they're not, it's their loss, not mine. Yeah, there's a guy who has uh, – I'm not going to say whether he did my show or not. There's a guy I know who just went to jail. And uh, all of his fans were sitting there on a live waiting on him to walk out of jail. Or he was accused of some some bad shit. He had some warrants for some bad shit, domestic violence and some other things. And uh, it, it hit me then that if people will wait around for something like that, then they'll wait around on anything. Like If they like you, they're going to like you. Even when there's proof that you've done wrong, they're going to like you. And it, it, there's no fixing it. I mean, it, it, you know, it's this good for some people. It's bad for others. Um, yeah. But, dude, uh, I hope you keep talking about mental health. I hope you keep doing your thing. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, I hope me and you are buddies. Like, I, I, oh, I, absolutely. I, I mean, you, I feel like me and you can have a good time, especially. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, Where are you at? I'm in Georgia, bro. Where? You two knock it off. I'm in Georgia. Oh, so you ain't too far anyways. Nah, nah, nah. We're going to have to, uh, when you get a break or something. See, like, the thing is, this is family to us. Like, one reason why oh, I do yeah. these shows with people I like, it ain't I'm going to do one show with you and then just not bother you again. Oh, no, nah, dude. <laughs> we, we buddies now. And uh, my door is always open up to, to cool folks like you and the songwriters and everything else. And uh, if you ever want to get away and you want to take a break, I got the free place for you. You can bring your dogs. Yeah. Uh, he'll bring me a tiger down with you. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't but, know if they're going to fit in my little bitty Corolla. Well, I, I'm going to need you to make that that work. So, so <laughs> <laughs> I want a tiger. Uh, I, I've had some crazy stuff in my truck and my car. <laughs> now you sound like a fucking serial killer. Good job. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I will always, I will always picture, always picture Mike Tyson having that white lion as the key, like the pinnacle of success. Cause I'm a, I'm a big Mike Tyson guy. <laughs> so I'm like one day, if I ever get rich, I'm getting a white tiger. I'm getting a white tiger. But after you telling me that you're scared to get in there with them when they're full grown, <laughs> I'm probably just going to buy a fucking cat now. <laughs> and just pretend, but uh, dude, just get a cat and call a tiger. That's what I'll do. Hey, if you got anything you want to say to the folks real fast, uh, leave them with a good positive message. You, you're too upbeat for me not to give you the last word. All I can say is no matter how bad you think it is, for one, there's always somebody out there that's got a little bit worse. And reach out. No matter how bad you think it is, reach out. And I'll tell y'all, just like I tell anybody and everybody, my Instagram messages always open. And I check them two or three times a day. You need someone to talk to? reach out, send me a message. I'm there. Dude, you're fucking solid. If I try, uh, dude, you're solid. Uh, I would love it. If the, 
if you have time on a Wednesday coming up when we do our uh, still writing session, our suicide prevention meetings through Zoom, uh-huh. I would love for you to join in. I definitely make time for that. Cool. I think I think your story would really help some people. For sure. Cool. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, thank every one of y'all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast. I will catch